48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. Judge sentences a couple to five years and four months over the death of a baby girl. The Chief Secretary, John Lee, says the media industry could consider introducing rules to regulate itself. And the ICAC says it will deploy around 800 staff on LegCo election polling day next month. High Court judge has sentenced a couple to five years and four months in prison over the death of a baby girl they were asked to look after by the child's mother. Violet Wong has more. The girl was said to be healthy when her mother sent her to live with Oh Ching Man, 36, and her boyfriend, Xiu Kwok Wai, 33. Six months later, she had died of head injuries at the age of 22 months. The court heard that the couple repeatedly hit her and forced her to sleep on a thin mattress, whatever the weather. Sometimes a metal dog lead was tied to her waist. She was malnourished at the time of her death. Or and Xiu, who have four children between them, pleaded guilty to ill-treatment or negligence of a child in their custody. Sentencing, Judge Albert Wong said he needed to deter others, noting that the girl's fate was entirely in their hands. He adopted a starting point of eight years and deducted one-third for their guilty pleas. He noted that the girl's older brother, who also stayed with the couple, was placed in foster care by the Social Welfare Department. He called on the authorities to consider how they could avoid such cases. The former chairwoman of the Committee on Children's Rights, Priscilla Loy, says the case highlights the need to have an inquiry system over child abuse fatalities. She says a thorough investigation would shed light on how the toddler was treated in the run-up to her death. We need to look, look into it, not only for the coroner's report to do this, but really to look at how the child has been taken care of through the 22 months. Whether there are other members, like, for example, Haley has three other siblings, I was told. What happened to them? Where are they at this present moment? Or previously and in the future, I think would be very important. If one child in the family has been applied for foster care, then I think the important question is, while you are investigating whether this child should be allocated, other children in the family must be taken seriously into consideration as well. So whether the involved personnel have done that or how they have come to a decision would need to be looked at seriously. Chief Secretary John Lee says the media industry could consider introducing rules to regulate itself against the spread of fake news as a possible alternative to new legislation. Wendy Wong reports. Appearing on the RTHK television show Overview Policy, Mr Lee confirmed that the government was still studying ways to curb the spread of fake information. He said that the law protects freedom of information, but fake information that's destructive must be stopped. Of the measures we've seen so far, they can be grouped into two. One is management, the other is criminalization. I personally would put management first in our consideration. Firstly, we should seek a balance point. It means under proper management, the problem can be put under control, while allowing the greatest freedom of information under the legal framework. We can ensure that when problems arise, they can be dealt with. He said the media industry should come up with a way to ensure its credibility and conduct meet society's expectations. He said the government will study further whether there's still a need to introduce laws if the industry has self-discipline and introduces regulations, as well as the management or punishment mechanism. 
Hong Kong Today reported three imported COVID-19 cases involving arrivals from Pakistan and South Korea. Meanwhile, Air India has been banned from operating flights from New Delhi for two weeks after a passenger of one of its flights was confirmed to have COVID-19. Another passenger was found to have flouted infection control measures. Another weather, it will be mainly cloudy, one or two light rain patches tomorrow morning. Minimum temperature will be about 21 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. Sunny periods during the day with a maximum temperature of around 26 degrees. Moderate north to northeasterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore at first. The outlook sunny periods in the following couple of days and it will be warm during the day, becoming appreciably cooler with winds strengthening from the north next month, next Monday. Monday, excuse me, morning temperatures falling to around 16 degrees next Tuesday and Wednesday. Temperatures currently 22 degrees and humidity 71%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The Independent Commission Against Corruption says it will deploy around 800 staff on LegCo election polling day next month. Francis it has more. The ICAC says staff would be deployed at polling stations to deal with any inquiries or complaints and to conduct enforcement actions should it be needed. They will also observe voting and ballot counting procedures while monitoring social media. The corruption watchdog again renewed its warnings against calls for people to boycott the polls or cast invalid ballots. Last week, it arrested three people for allegedly sharing an online message asking people to cast blank votes. The suspects, two men and a woman, have since been released on bail. An economic scholar says the resignation of the head of the American Chamber of Commerce should serve as a wake-up call for the SAR government. Tara Joseph is reportedly stepping down in connection with Hong Kong's quarantine rules. Timmy Sung reports. MCHAM President Tara Joseph, who is currently in the U.S., told Reuters' new agency that she was quitting because she didn't feel she could appeal to the administration to ease its COVID-19 travel restrictions if she was undergoing quarantine herself. Kevin Choi, an associate professor at Clemson University in the U.S., says in light of this, Hong Kong officials should rethink the requirements that people arriving in the territory spend up to 21 days in hotel quarantine. If other countries are doing the same thing, then, then we're not that in a disadvantaged position. But given the fact that other countries, they're trying to open the border, I mean, including even, even countries like uh, Singapore, which is our competitor, that, that's really as an additional factor that that make a foreign company to reconsider whether they should uh, have the headquarter in Hong Kong or in Singapore or other, other countries. He says other places don't have such rigid quarantine requirements as Hong Kong as long as travelers are vaccinated. I think uh, it's a kind of wake-up call to Hong Kong that, uh, hey, uh, the government should pay attention. The government has said its priority is to resume quarantine-free travel with the mainland. Meanwhile, Amcham has issued a statement thanking Ms. Joseph for her service and saying the board will launch a global search for a new president. The global delivery giant FedEx has announced that it's closing its Hong Kong crew base, citing pandemic regulations and the global business environment. The company says it will continue to operate in Hong Kong with crew based elsewhere. Akim Sherney, a Polytechnic University logistics expert, says it can't be easy for FedEx to pull out of an airport that plays a key role in global cargo markets. My feeling is that the FedEx decision will be rather a short-term decision. The longer-term development of the air cargo market in Hong Kong is is not going to depend on this, uh, but, but it's rather the expansion of the airport will make it more attractive 
for the air cargo business to um, it will help grow the air cargo business in in Hong Kong, and that of course then means that also companies like FedEx will participate. They will be part of of that development. Strict new COVID-19 restrictions have come into force in Beijing, requiring negative tests for visitors and dramatically cutting domestic flights. The move comes as the city gears up for the Winter Olympics in February, when thousands of international athletes are expected to descend on the capital. All visitors to the city must now show a negative COVID test result from the past 48 hours, while flights from high-at-risk areas within the country will be cancelled or limited to one a day at reduced capacity. More than 30,000 people working in with cold chain imports in the city will also be tested every three days. China and the United States have agreed to ease restrictions on access for journalists from each other's countries. Wendy Wong reports. The official China Daily cited unidentified foreign ministry sources as saying that a consensus on journalist visas was reached before the virtual summit between President Xi Jinping and U.S. counterpart Joe Biden. Tensions between the world's top two economies spilled over into the media sector last year. Beijing had accused Washington of a political crackdown on mainland journalists after it sharply reduced the number of Chinese nationals allowed to work in the country and limited their authorized stay to 90 days. Beijing then expelled journalists from several U.S. newspapers and introduced new visa restrictions on some U.S. media companies. China Daily said under the latest deal, the United States and China will issue one-year multiple entry visas to each other's journalists. The foreign reporters will also be allowed to travel in and out of the two countries freely as long as they comply to prevailing COVID protocols. A spokesperson for the U.S. State Department confirmed the easing of the restrictions and said Washington welcomes the progress. Officials in the Indian capital, Delhi, have temporarily shut down several coal-fired power plants. It's the latest attempt to control dangerous levels of air pollution. BBC's Regini Vajinathan is in Delhi. The air we're breathing here is toxic. Readings are way above what's considered safe by the World Health Organization, as much as 10 times higher. As well as schools and colleges being shut, construction work's been banned in the city until next week and some coal-fired power plants nearby have suspended operations. A number of factors are said to be behind the toxic smog. Industrial and traffic emissions, fumes from fires as farmers burn crops to clear their fields for a new season, and smoke from post-Diwali fireworks. At least one person has died and several are missing in the Canadian province of British Columbia after heavy rainstorms caused extensive flooding and triggered mudslides. Emergency crews say they fear there may be more fatalities. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said it was very worrying. Thousands of people affected across the province uh, by these uh, extreme weather events. As a government, we've been liaising closely with the government of British Columbia, providing supports in any way we can, and we will continue to be there. We are there to help in any way, shape or form. BBC has discovered that the two suspects at the top of the US cyber criminal most wanted list are living freely and lavishly in Russia. BBC reporter found that Igor Tulashev was running a business from Moscow's prestigious Federation Tower. Maxim Yakubets recently celebrated a wedding that cost half a million US dollars. Both are subject to US sanctions and there is a five million US dollar bounty for their arrest. Dr Herbert Lin from Stanford University in California says it's no surprise the Kremlin has resisted calls to cooperate. There was a time, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, when the Russians and the United States did cooperate much more in cybercrime matters. But those days are past now. The Russian hackers are smart and talented and know their business very well. They are assets to Russia. 
the government can use them for their own purposes and so on. So you could easily understand how the Russian government might not be willing to have these people rot in an American jail. There have been angry exchanges in Britain's parliament as the Prime Minister Boris Johnson was repeatedly asked to apologise in a dispute about MPs' second jobs. The opposition leader Keir Starmer criticised him for not saying sorry for trying to delay the suspension of a former cabinet minister who broke lobbying rules. He called the Prime Minister a coward but later withdrew the remark. Mr Johnson was also angrily reprimanded by the Speaker, Lindsay Hoyle, for throwing out accusations instead of responding to questions. I'm sorry, Mr. Speaker, uh, but we still have not heard why the Honourable Gentleman will not tell. On, 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 on. Minister, Prime Minister, sit down. Prime Minister, I'm not going to be challenged. You may be the Prime Minister of this country, but in this house, I'm in charge. And we're going to put it up. End of that. Sports now. Cycling enthusiasts will get a chance to ride on the Hong Kong Juhai Macau Bridge Link Road for the first time when the cyclothon returns in January after a two-year hiatus. Registration will open on Saturday with up to 3,000 riders allowed to take part. Mason Hong, General Manager of Event and Product Development at the Tourism Board, which organises the cyclothon, says he expects riders to snap up places quickly. We anticipate um, there will be more than... 3,000 interested party registered for this event. Um, Based on our previous experience, um, every time when we have the event, um, the registration normally will be fully registered um, within half a day. So we anticipate this time will more or less the same. Meanwhile, Hong Kong's cross-harbour swimming race is making a comeback on the 12th of next month. And all the participants have to be fully vaccinated. Francis Set reports. The popular event was suspended for two years due to the COVID-19 outbreak and the social unrest in 2019. For this year's competition, organizers have set a quota of 1,500 swimmers, and participants have to be fully vaccinated and get a negative test result within 48 hours before the event. Swimmers must also use the government's Leave Home Safe app, submit an online health declaration form, and have their temperature checked when they enter the venue, and will have to keep their mask on at any time when they are not in the water. Swimmers will also take a new route this year, starting at the Wan Chai Golden Bohemia Square Public Pier and ending at the Avenue of Stars in Chimsa Choi. Registration is open till November the 22nd. Remind of our top stories tonight. Judge sentences a couple to five years and four months of the death of a baby girl. Chief Secretary John Lee says the media industry could consider introducing rules to regulate itself and the ICAC says it will deploy around 800 staff on LegCo election polling day next month. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK,
Shapiro, of course, and uh, Queen for tonight, especially for Paul, who was good enough to get in touch prior to the news at 11. Here we are in our second hour this Wednesday night. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out because I love you too much, baby. Why can't you see what you do Don't let a good 